Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. All right, mamas, Um, you are here with me today. Kelsey, I am so excited to share with you some things that I wanna share. Um, Allison and Melissa and I decided to each do a solo episode. And for me, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to talk about, which is really funny because if you know me at all, you know I don't have a hard time talking. I actually have a lot to say and I do have a hard time making sure that I'm very focused on what I have to say. So it took me a couple of weeks to sit down and write out what I wanted to talk about, but I'm really excited to share with you guys today. I wanted to start by giving a little bit of an intro about me, and then I will get into the topics that I chose to share with you guys today. So if you are new here, um, my name is Kelsey. I'm a physical therapist. I have been a physical therapist for six years. And as part of my training as a physical therapist, after I graduated school, I have done extra training in um, postpartum and pregnancy, and also within the realm of pediatrics. My day job is as a pediatric therapist, and then I have my own business on the side, working with moms specifically, focusing on pregnancy and postpartum, but also um, including women in general that are looking to get back into exercise, maybe are coming back from an injury, um, home-based exercise, and all of that really good stuff. I have three kids. Um, My husband and I have been married for nine and a half years, and I also, in my spare time, when I can find it, I like to compete in fitness and firearms competitions. So a little bit of everything going on over here. What I'm excited to talk to you guys about today is four things that me, a physical therapist, wishes everybody knew. Now, like I said, I had a lot of time to think about this and I had to narrow it down because I do have like a laundry list of things that I just wish everybody knew or I could tell everybody, but we don't have that much time. So I picked four and I'm gonna try to keep this short and sweet. And I think all four of these do kind of flow together well. And I think they're important. So we're gonna start with the first one. Um, And this first one is going to be aimed towards all of my moms, whether you are pregnant, newly postpartum, are planning on becoming pregnant, or have had a baby at some point. Um, The first thing I want to share with you is that six weeks postpartum is not your all clear to go back and do all the things. I know for me, when I had my first baby at six weeks postpartum, my midwife was like, Hey, you're good to go. And I was super excited and super pumped to get back into my normal life and my normal routine and my normal workouts. And I just, I, I wasn't ready and I didn't know anything different and I didn't have anybody to tell me anything different. And I wish I would have. So what I want you to know, if you are pregnant, if you have been pregnant or you're planning on becoming pregnant at six weeks, that usually is your quote unquote, all clear appointment but I would encourage you to remember a few things. First of all, healing takes time. There is nothing 
super magical about six weeks. That means that your body's ready to go. Usually at that six week appointment, what they're checking is to make sure you're not still bleeding excessively to make sure any of your tearing has healed. Um, much beyond that, they don't really look at a whole lot. And so to say that you're all clear to go back into, you know, high intensity exercise or running, they haven't really tested to see how your muscles are functioning and how your joints are feeling. And, um, what muscles are activating, which ones still aren't and how your core muscles are firing all that good stuff that we need to know. They're not really checking that maybe they're checking to see if you have any separation, but beyond that, there's really not much of a physical assessment at your six week appointment. So healing takes time at, at your six week appointment. When you go home, the best thing for you to remember is that you need to take time to rehab and recover. So this doesn't mean you're going to go home and do nothing. You can absolutely get back into some sort of exercise at six week, six weeks, but I would encourage you to move with a purpose. So you're not going to go back and do a high intensity workout. You're not going to go for a five mile run. You're not going to do those things yet, but you're going to go back and you're going to start going through some rehab type exercises. Now, if you have no idea what to do as far as rehab type exercises are, your best bet is going to be to find a coach or a physical therapist or a trainer who has specific training in postpartum recovery and rehab, AKA someone like me, someone who's taken the time to know how to rehab those core muscles, how to re-engage your pelvic floor muscles, how to walk you through that progression so that when you get on the other side of this postpartum experience, you feel really good and really capable in your body rather than still struggling with issues one, two, three years postpartum because you didn't take the time to address them early on. So you want to start moving with a purpose. Um, the other thing you want to think about is postpartum. If you are, especially if you are breastfeeding, but at six weeks, your hormones are all over the place still, and you're still going to feel weird. You're going to have, you know, joint laxity going on still. You're going to have all these other issues going on with your body. Plus you're not sleeping. Plus you're taking care of another person. Plus you might not be eating appropriately. You've got all these other factors to take into consideration. So you might not be ready. Even if you're starting to feel good physically, you might not be ready to start increasing the intensity because you've got a whole lot of a whole bunch, excuse me, of other things going on as well. So taking things slow, going through the proper rehab process, as you are going through these early postpartum stages, it really is going to pay off in the long run. And I can speak to this from experience because when I had Roy, my first baby, I didn't really go through a good postpartum recovery protocol. I was in PT school when I had him. I knew the basics. I knew that there were some important things to pay attention to, but I, I wasn't focused on doing things correctly. I wasn't focused on healing properly. I was focused on, well, how soon can I get back to running or how soon can I get back to this activity? I wasn't focused on making sure I did it in a way that supported the healing process within my body. And I ultimately paid for it down the road. Now, when I had my third, my most recent and last baby, who is now two and a half, I knew she was going to be my last. And so I wanted to be very intentional about how I recovered with her. I started doing these postpartum exercises early on where I focused on breath control and core activation and pelvic floor activation. I started focusing on how my body was moving, what my posture was like, different strategies 
that I could utilize to make sure that I wasn't putting too much pressure through like my abdomen where I still had damaged tissue, all those kind of things. And my recovery with my third pregnancy was so much better on me physically than my recovery on my first pregnancy, which everything that we know about, like how the body works, that's really shouldn't be how it works. I was older with my third. It was my third. My body had, you know, been stretched out multiple times, gone through this, but because I was more intentional with my recovery process, I was able to get back to doing things more functionally better with less, um, undesirable symptoms like peeing my pants or having the core doming that sometimes we'll see if you have, you know, poor activation through your core. I didn't have those as much with my third pregnancy. And when I did, I addressed them appropriately rather than pushed through them. And I got to a place where I was symptom-free much sooner than I was with my first and my second, to be honest. So it can take a while, but in the long run, you're much better off to take your time, go through the proper recovery process, and then add the intensity later on, rather than try to jump straight into the intensity and kind of fix things as you go. You're just going to be so much better off if you take the time at the beginning to recover and rehab appropriately and go through this progression. Now, like I said, if you don't know how to do that, there are amazing resources out there. You can find a lot of free resources on the internet. You can work with someone like me um, who has gone through training. Melissa, I believe has also gone through training to work specifically with this pregnancy and postpartum population, because there are some really important things that you need to be aware of when you're working with somebody who has gone through, um, a, a labor and delivery and a pregnancy. So I would encourage you if you find yourself in this situation, which I know a lot of our listeners either have had kids or, um, are planning on having kids. If you find yourself wanting to make sure that you take your postpartum recovery process seriously, please feel free to reach out to someone like me or Melissa or someone who you think would be a really good fit for you because in the long run, it's going to be so worth your time and worth your energy to take that time and make those, um, make that rehab a priority moving forward. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want everybody to know is that rest and modifications within a workout and within a a training routine are super, super important. And it doesn't matter if you are on day one or if you are on day 500 of your training and of your fitness journey, rest and modifications are never beyond your, your abilities. Honestly, I I've been working out regularly for goodness, four years now. And I would say that through Jolie's pregnancy, my most recent pregnancy, I was very consistent and I still will modify or change my workout on a weekly basis to something that better suits how my body's feeling. I don't, I'm, I'm not too prideful in my skill level to say, you know what, today, Push-ups on the ground don't feel good. So I'm going to do something else. I, I will change things on a weekly basis based on how I feel. If I'm super sore one day, I'm not going to push it. And I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with because it's like, well, my goal at one point was to be able to do 10 push-ups in a row on the ground on my toes. And now I feel like I need to do that every single time I work out. And if I'm not doing that every single time, then it's not, 
it's not a good workout or a high quality workout. And that's not true at all because some days doing pushups on the ground isn't going to be a good thing for me. And some days I can push it and I can do those pushups on the ground. And I have had to come to a place in my head to be okay with the modifications and knowing that it is okay to modify a workout and it's still beneficial for me. And in fact, sometimes it's more beneficial to modify and be able to keep the intensity of the workout or be able to focus on the muscle groups that the exercise is actually trying to target versus checking the box and saying, I did everything as was written per the workout. The other thing that I really want to hit on right here, and maybe I'm saying this stuff for me, hopefully it's beneficial for somebody else is that rest is so, so, so important in any sort of training, rehab, recovery, functional fitness, whatever your thing is, why ever, why you are training, whatever your plan is, rest needs to be taken just as seriously as your workouts do because your body needs to be able to recover. If you are training with any level of intensity, that doesn't have to be the same level of intensity that I'm training with, but if you are training with whatever level of intensity is a challenge for you, you are training regularly. If you are not regularly focusing on some sort of rest or active recovery, you are doing yourself and your body a disservice and you are not gonna see the kind of results that you're hoping for because your body is gonna get to a place where it's so beat down, so worn down and so struggling to recover that you're just kind of banging your head against a brick wall. So I want to remind you, I need to remind myself that rest is a vital, a vital part of a training program, whether that means you're taking a day off or you're taking two days off a week, however your body needs you to recover, you've got to figure it out. You've got to do it. And, and I want to say too, is that rest doesn't have to mean do nothing. You can rest your body. You can help your body recover. You can facilitate this, this recovery and this rest that your body needs through movement, but you have to dial the intensity way back. This can mean going for a walk. This can mean going for a, a leisurely bike ride with your kids. This can mean doing yoga or a stretch session or something like that. This doesn't have to be do nothing. It just needs to be focused again. Like I said before, movement with a purpose. The purpose this time around is to facilitate recovery within your body. Now, another part of this rest that I want to touch on here, again, something that I myself struggle with is getting adequate sleep. I had a client that was really, really struggling with seeing progress and she was super frustrated. And I just said, Hey, like, what does your sleep routine look like? And she told me, and it was not ideal. Um, there was a new baby in the house. She wasn't sleeping well. And I won't say new baby. There was a baby in the house that wasn't sleeping through the night yet, not a newborn. That would be a totally different conversation, but her child's not sleeping through the night. She wasn't feeling great. She was getting up early, staying up late. I mean, I do all those things too. So I can't come at this from a place of I'm doing this better because I still struggle with this as well. But if we're not getting adequate sleep and rest in that way, our body is also going to struggle to recover. So Please remember as you embark on whatever training program, whatever rehab program that you 
find yourself on that rest and recovery are just as important as the exercise part of your program. All right, I'm trying really hard not to like get stuck on one of my topics because I have two more. And like I said, I could talk about all of these subjects. I could do one podcast on each of these subjects because I think they're so, so important. And I made myself a list and like bullet points. So I make sure that I don't miss anything and I don't get stuck on anything. This next one though, <laughs> I might get a little stuck on. Um, the third point I wanna talk about, I wanna bring up is if you go to a trainer, if you go to a coach, and I'm gonna come at this from the point of a physical therapist because that's what I do. You go to a therapist and you tell them your goals and you say, I want to be able to do this thing that I used to love to do. Let's say that thing is running. I used to love running, but every time I run, I have pain in my knees and I pee my pants and I do these kind of things. I have these issues that are preventing me from running. If your therapist doesn't talk to you about how to get back to some form of that activity, if your goals and your desires of coming to that person are not being discussed and they're not important and they just say, well, you probably shouldn't do that. I would encourage you a to either ask extra questions and make sure that they know that that's important to you or B find someone else. I recently started with a client that basically was told not to do the exercise that she loved because she had some stuff going on within her body that was making it challenging for her. And rather than coming up with a plan of how to bring part of that back into her life, she was told that that was just impossible and she needed to find something else. Well, A, that's incredibly discouraging. And B, as a physical therapist or a trainer or a coach, like my job is to make sure that you have the ability to participate in the activities that you want to. Now, if you come to me and say, I love to run, but my foot's broken, how can I run? I'm gonna tell you that you're probably not gonna run until your foot's not broken. I'm not stupid. I'm not gonna recommend that you run on a broken foot, but if running is important to you, you come to me with a broken foot, we're gonna get your broken foot taken care of, and then we're gonna work you back into running. It may not look like it used to, it may be a little bit different depending on your situation, but if running is important to you and you come to me for help to get your body in a better place for you to be able to run, then we're gonna to try to figure out how to get you in a better place to run. If your physical therapist, if your coach, if your trainer is not taking into account what's important to you, then you might need to reevaluate that relationship with your um, trainer, coach, physical therapist. And I say this because I, I think the thing is a lot of people, and I would totally be the same if I went to somebody and they said, well, actually I've done this. Let's just, let's go back here a minute. When I was in college, I ran a marathon and like jacked up my knee. I probably wasn't adequately trained. I was 19 at the time, maybe 20. I can't remember which year it was but I was, I was young. I was training myself. I didn't have a coach or anything like that. And I, my knee didn't handle it. And I didn't know what else to do. I was, you know, young and in college and in a different city. And I went after the marathon, I went to a physical therapist and I said, look, I have a race in six weeks and I'm going to run that race. And he said, well, I don't think you should, you should not run that race. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. 
And he's like, well, if I can't talk you out of it, let me give you some suggestions on things to do. And if you are dead set on running that race, then you can run that race. And then can you give me some time to work your knee back? And I said, that was fine. And that for me was like an eye-opening experience of, I knew I was going to do it. That therapist could have told me, well, I don't think you should, I'm not going to help you. Or what he did and what I try to do with my clients is like, I know he knew I was going to run regardless of what he said. So he could have either just said, well, I don't think you should run. And if you're not going to listen to me, go out. Or what he chose to do was give me some ways so that I could decrease my pain and help myself through the running that I wanted to do so that I didn't make my injury worse. I have learned that if someone comes to me with pain, with an activity, if someone tells them not to do it, but it's such an integral part of their life, it's so important to them, they're going to do it anyways. And so I would rather them continue to do it with my guidance and say, look, let me give you some extra tools. I know you're going to still go run, even though everybody else is telling you not to, I know you're still going to do it. So let me help you run better. So you don't make your injury worse so that maybe you can, you know, decrease this injury because I see that it's important to you or, you know, I know running's important to you. Can you give me two or three weeks? Can you not run for two or three weeks? Let me give you a few things and then we'll get back to running because I know there's, there's just, it's, it's not good practice to tell somebody not to do something like that. In my opinion, now there's going to be therapists that don't agree with that. And that's fine, but I would prefer to be able to coach somebody through the activity that I know they're going to do anyways, and give them ways to do it with less pain, with better form, with better movement so that they don't make their injury worse than to just tell them not to do it across, across the board. No, you're not going to do that. And no, they're going to go do it anyways. So if your therapist is not listening to you, if your goals don't seem to matter to them, then I would encourage you to either ask more questions and kind of push a little bit harder or find somebody who does, you know, take those into account. The last thing that I wanted to talk about kind of goes along with that as well is I, I think that all of us can benefit from learning to move our bodies better. And when I say that, I, I say that saying, I still benefit from it as well. We need to learn to move our bodies better and we need to learn to embrace some form of strength training in our lives. All women can benefit from strength training. I'm going to say that one more time because it's so, so important. All women can benefit from some form of strength training. Look, motherhood requires strength. We have to pick up our kids. We have to go to the grocery store with kids in a cart and pick up all the dog food and all the groceries and manage a screaming two-year-old at the same time. Motherhood requires strength. If we are not actively maintaining or gaining strength, we really are doing ourselves and our body a disservice because we're going to ask it to do these things regardless of if we're training for them or not. And if we're going to ask, if you know you're going to ask your body to do these things that require some level of strength and you're not preparing it for that challenge, it's only a matter of time before you're not able to continue to do that. I have clients that I work with from 19 years old to 90 
and all of them benefit from strength training. If you think about how a lot of us spend our day, even as moms, a lot of us spend a good part of our day sitting with our phones in front of us, with a kid in front of us, carrying a person, being in word positions. And this, these positions that we find ourselves in on a regular basis can contribute to postural issues, can contribute to muscle imbalances, can contribute to pain in our back and our neck and our hips and our knees. All of these things just come from life. And if we're not actively trying to address those muscle imbalances or address the tightness that we're feeling or address the lack of range of motion that we're finding within our body, if we're not taking all of that into account and trying to correct that on a daily basis, eventually you're going to find yourself in a place where your body hurts, where you're not able to do the things that you want to do. You're not able to keep up with your kids as they grow. You're not able to pick up the dog food off the bottom shelf at the grocery store and put it in your cart. All of those things that we want to be able to do that we need to be able to do as moms, as women, as wives, as people in general, if we're not actively working on strength, especially strength in a functional capacity, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where we're not able to perform the way we want to. Now, when I say all women can function, can benefit from strength training, I really like to focus on functional strength training. I like to focus on exercises and movements that me and my clients are going to find ourselves doing on a daily basis. What kind of exercises are those? If you, if you've been in any of my workouts, you know, I like to do lots of squats. We do deadlifts. We do step-ups. We do weighted carries. We do things where we push, we do pulls, all these movements that you'll see carried over in your, in your daily life. Now think about if you got to go pick up your toddler off the ground, they're laying on the ground and you need to pick them up, take them upstairs to change their diaper. I don't know. My toddler doesn't like to have her diaper changed half the time. So I'm picking her up from the ground up to my hip, sometimes over my shoulder because she thinks it's hilarious. That is like doing a clean off of the ground with your weight, getting your weight from the ground to the shoulder. What about picking up your heavy laundry basket to take it upstairs? Well, do you know how to do a deadlift? There you go. Um, shouldering heavy weight. I keep going back to the dog food thing because every time I go to the grocery store and pick up my 35 pound bag of dog food, I'm like, heck yeah, I'm so grateful that I can do this. And it's not a big deal at all. I can go to Costco because that's where I get my dog food, pick up my dog food bag, put it on my cart, take it outside, throw it over my shoulder, put it in my car, bring it home, all of this stuff by myself, because I train these different movements of picking up something unstable off the ground and putting it over here and then throwing it over my shoulder. All of these movements have a functional purpose and I love it. When I say that we need to train functionally and I wanna make this, this point super clear as well, we don't have to train super heavy. I think a lot of women get intimidated by the idea of strength training and weight training and resistance training thinking that they're going to have to be able to deadlift 200 pounds to make it functional or have to be able to be using a barbell and all this super heavy weights. That's not the case at all. To be honest, my most used piece of equipment in my garage gym and my whole gym. And if any of you have seen any of my videos, you know, I have a fully stocked garage gym, weight rack, barbells, bumper plates, boxes, dumbbells, 
kettlebells, all, all the things. My most used piece of equipment is my 30 pound sandbag. That's the most, most frequently used piece of equipment I have. 30 pounds, cost me a hundred bucks and I use it multiple times a week, if not daily. So to be able to have an effective functional training workout, I don't have to have all this fancy equipment and I certainly don't have to lift super, super heavy to see results. I can use that 30 pound sandbag that I have and I know how to get the training stimulus I want. I know how to work on my deadlifts. I know how to practice getting it up to my shoulder. I know how to do these things and I can teach my clients and I have taught my clients how to make that a functional thing for them as well. So that is what I wanted to share with you guys. Those are the four things that I wish I could tell literally everyone. Six weeks is not your all clear. Six weeks postpartum is not your all clear for all the things. Rest and modifications are important no matter where you are in your fitness journey. Number three is that your goals shouldn't matter to your physical therapist or your coach or your trainer. And if they don't, I encourage you to talk to someone else or to talk to them about it a little bit more. And fourth is that you got to learn to move your body better and you got to embrace some form of strength training because I can promise you, you will not regret it. If you take that leap, find some coach that fits really well with you and kind of embrace that motherhood requires strength and to be able to do all of those things that we want to be able to do as women and as mothers that we need to have some strength and embrace that strength training, find someone who will train with you functionally and help you trans transition that strength from the gym to your daily life. And you're just going to love it. You're going to love how you feel. You're going to love the confidence that comes along with it and the abilities that you have to be able to do the things that you want. So there you go. I hope that something in here was beneficial for you. I hope that you choose to share with someone else who you think might benefit from hearing these things too. I hope if you have any questions on postpartum training, if you have any questions on functional strength training, if you have any questions on finding a good physical therapist or a fit um, with a good trainer or a coach, I hope you reach out to me or Melissa or Allison. All of us can either give you some more information or point you in a direction that would help you, you know, address some of these things that we talked about here today. So that's what I got for you guys and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sarovi. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com. Thank you.